0: Welcome to Talk Flagler, your look into local personalities, businesses, and everything west of the beach waves. I'm your host, Chris Gollin, Chief Political and Cultural Reporter for Ask Flagler. And on this episode, we're talking to Jason Blankenship of media production company, Bad Cloud Media. Jason has shot some of the most popular and acclaimed music videos from Flagler County and the surrounding areas. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Jason.
1: Hey, Chris. Really glad to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks
0: for being here. Um, to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background in, you know, in media creation and coming to create cloud Media?
1: Yeah, I um, actually came into media production in sort of a, a roundabout way, really. Um, I, uh, I had always been interested in, in making videos, creating content uh, and directing, and I kind of dabbled in that. For years, Uh, just being in and out of different bands around town, uh, I would usually create music videos and and live videos uh, just for our own personal content and really as kind of more of a hobby than anything else. Um, But a few years ago, I kind of found myself uh, in a situation I was I was working in uh, in a corporate desk job, which anyone who does that can tell you is not always the most fun way to spend your time. <laughs> and uh, and I, I kind of decided I wanted to change and um, I had been working on some content for the band I was in at the time uh, and a few music videos and some live performances and had been getting better and better at that. Uh, and a few of the uh of the videos that i put out online kind of got some attention from other local bands and they started coming up to me and asking me I said hey you know i saw that and could you do something similar for us um and i said sure yeah I, i'd love to and so i kind of invested in some better gear a better camera i started doing some more work and eventually i felt like well maybe this might be something that i could do full-time potentially and so uh so in 2017 i started bad cloud media and kind of started this journey and here we are Three years later, I've been able to pretty much quit doing anything else. This is my full time job now, and uh, I've met some amazing musicians, and I've worked on some some videos that I am incredibly proud of. I Feel like I've, you know, I'm growing into something as a director, and uh, and it's it's just really been it's been really an incredible journey, um, and I'm, I'm really thankful that I've I've gotten into this line of work.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's really, really amazing. You've been able to create a full-time job out of it, you know, that quickly into the life of the business and, um, kind of staying on that note, what, what all goes into running a media production company mm-hmm. like that, you know, that someone who's not in the, uh, in the industry might not really
1: know. Sure. It's, um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning. And as you take on bigger projects, it really transforms as well. Um, early on, it was, uh, was kind of just me most of the time. And, uh, and so a lot of my early jobs, I, um, I was doing a lot more performance videos than anything else because I knew a lot of bands around town. And that was usually kind of the first thing that people wanted when they wanted to get their name out there. You'd, you'd just kind of show up with a camera or a few cameras. Maybe I'd grab some friends and put a camera in their hands as well. And we'd shoot performances. Uh, I would usually record audio out of the board. Um, and, and put something together, but I mean, a lot of times, even those had, uh, they required some coordination because what people don't think about when they ask you to do a live video is that the sound is such a huge part of, of putting together a good concert video. A lot of the times when you see something on YouTube and, uh, it could be amazingly shot, it could have multiple camera angles, but if the sound is bad, uh, usually don't really have any interest in continuing to watch it. Um, and that's, that's the, I think the most common mistake people make going into that. And I knew just, just from being in bands and, and being part of those kind of videos before that, that was incredibly important. So early on, I I'd reached out to, um, to some people at Sarbez, uh, and to, uh, Eric Callahan specifically, who was doing sound there at the time, I believe he still is. And, uh, they were able to record sound out of the board and he was actually able to mix it master it we would wow. sync it up yeah and that was how the early live at sarbaz which was some of the first stuff that I did uh back in 2017 around town um those that was why they sounded so good was because eric actually mixed and mastered everything and he gave me the audio and I'd sync it back up with the video and do a cut um between all the different camera angles and and that was, I think, what set us apart. Because everyone that contacted me around that time, uh, the reason that they really wanted uh, to get in on that and to get in on Live at Sarbez was because of the quality, not only of the video, but I think really it was it was the sound quality that Eric brought to the table. Um, that was what, what was so different from a lot of uh, a lot of other places uh, that were doing that were doing uh, concert videos. So. It's uh, but that's you know, usually I would have to coordinate that beforehand and kind of make sure we'd have to run tests before every show. We had a lot of technical difficulties <laughs> as we were talking about before the broadcast. Mm-hmm. you know, it's, I'm no stranger to any of that. Um, and it was it was a constant battle. Um, making sure that everything was was ready to go and all the microphones were working and that we had, enough microphones and enough inputs on the, on the mixer enough inputs on the, uh, interface to, to capture all of the bands. If we had larger bands on stage and, um, you know, it really almost got to the point where like I would have either myself or one of my friends who knew had some know-how kind of doubling as an audio engineer and checking everything before the show. So they were, they were big undertakings, but I learned a lot. And, um, and so that was kind of the early days. And, um, these days I still do some of that, but I've moved on to more, um, like, like planned out productions, more music video productions and and shorts and that sort of stuff. And mm. what, what's different there is, uh, while you don't have to worry so much about the sporadic, um, uh, nature of like a live event, you know, that any, like when you're doing a live event, you just show up with a camera and you're trying to record sound. You're trying to, of trying to record video and trying to capture certain moments, anything could happen. Right. And, and every moment is so specific and you have to try to have the most coverage you possibly can. So you can capture that magic moment if it happens, because it's not going to happen again, if you miss it. Um, and the difference is really with doing, um, doing more music video productions and commercial productions is that uh, you have control, you know, and you can run takes, and if you don't get something the way you want it, as you envisioned it, or you don't get that special moment the first time around, you just run another take and, uh, and, you know, keep doing it until you get it. Um, right. and if you, if you don't nail the camera angle or the camera movement the first time, if you, if you miss something, uh, in the performance, then, you know, you have that freedom to, you know, so long as the, as the, uh, schedule allows you have that freedom to go back and, and, keep working at it until you get what you want. So, so you lose the stress of, of trying to get everything in that one moment and, uh, and kind of running around and making sure that you have all the coverage you need. But, um, what you, what you have instead now is you have to do a lot of pre-planning and you have to, you know, start working on storyboards and you have to start putting together shot lists and figure out exactly what you want for each moment in the song or in the story um, and so your the work that you do maybe during the shoot can kind of, it maybe becomes a little more, um, uh, like a, a little less intense at times, especially if you have more people working with you. But I would say the pre-production really becomes uh, more intense. And that's usually where I've, uh, I've, I think I've had to grow the most in the last few years is, is learning all the pre-production, getting other people on board, um, really just learning how to plan out uh, every step of the video before I ever even flip on a camera.
0: Yeah. What, how does, how does that go? Like what all do you have to do before the day you finally go out to start recording?
1: Sure. Well, it depends. Um, it depends. A lot of times when I, when I first am approached by someone to do a project, um, obviously there's certain expectations going into it, right? Like you have different types of projects, you, you know, your commercial projects are one kind of thing. And usually, usually with that stuff uh, somebody already has a script in mind or they have something that they want to, that they want to uh, some message that they want to get out with, with this video. So usually they already kind of have an idea of what they want to see. And then for me, it's just kind of figuring out, okay, what elements can I put in front of the camera and how can I, uh, how can I, best schedule my time and who do I need to bring in to make this work? Right. Um, so that's kind of just working to make someone other, someone else's vision a reality. Um, but then, you know, for, for live events, like I said earlier, it's kind of more about coverage. So it's figuring out how many boots I need on the ground and how many cameras and what I need to be hooked up to to get the right kind of sound and all that sort of stuff. So usually that is just figuring out how the venue works and uh, and and what all the different elements are and, and trying to make sure that I have all my contingencies in place in, in case one thing doesn't work out the way I want it to or uh, you know something doesn't interface I can't get like a feed out from the board or something like that um, but then really those like those productions like the music video productions the creative productions which I've really been doing uh, trying to focus most of my time on recently. Those it can range, and, and usually I try to get a feel. Like say, if we're doing a song for an artist, um, I try to sit down and listen to the song with them first, and sort of get a feel for what the song's about, and you know what what their vision is for it, what it means to them, and then if they have any ideas already, some some images maybe floating around in their head, or a general sense of what they think the video should look like uh, before I've ever gotten involved. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. I've, I've had some artists who know exactly what they want uh, from the get-go. And then there's some other artists who, you know, really they're coming to me with a, with a blank slate, just saying, you know, I, I really I, – I, I want you to kind of create something for this song, what it, you know, what it means to you. Um, and for those, you know, it's – from the get-go, I mean, there might be several weeks before we ever shoot anything – where i'm just constantly listening to the song and thinking about it and i'm i'm i start kind of you know seeing certain images and thinking well how does that play into the story of the song how do the lyrics you know what do they mean to me uh what do they remind me of um and and then start kind of putting together images which sort of then become kind of like a rough a rough outline of a story then you start putting together a storyboard usually so you draw out sketch out you know what it is i'm seeing And how it's all going to flow together making sure all the shots make sense and you know usually i'll kind of show it to other people too and say hey does this you know does this make sense to you show it to the artist and see if they're on board with that and then from there uh if they're good with it and if they're good with this sort of creative vision then i start making a shot list and usually that's just taking the shots from the storyboard listing them all out figuring out what camera angles what lenses i'm going to need what kind of movement and uh you know what tools i have in my arsenal or maybe that i don't that i'm going to need for that for those particular shots you know is this going to be a drone shot is this going to be a dolly shot am i going to need to have a gimbal uh if i'm following someone around and doing kind of a one-shot sort of thing are we going to need to be in a studio this is can i shoot this out the field somewhere um, mm-hmm. all of those things you know start to start to apply and you and you really coordinate with the artist and make sure that, you know, we're staying within their budget and, and, and that all of this makes sense to them. And then once we have all those elements in place, then we can decide, okay, how many days is this going to take, schedule it out. And, and at that point, then we start getting people together and and uh, can think about starting to shoot.
0: Hmm, wow. So um, is there one thing I just thought of, is it different doing this, indoors as
1: opposed to out because i know i've seen videos where you've done both it is yeah very much um and and it's like anything else it's a trade-off right so outdoors Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about lighting usually you may bring like a reflector or something like that like a bounce if you need some sunlight on someone's face and they're kind of standing in a shadow Um, but you really don't have to worry so much about bringing in some big lights or anything like that um, which saves you the time and and in packing up all that gear and transporting it. And in the early days, I'd be lighting it myself. These days, I'll usually hire somebody. So you don't have to worry about those things as much. But uh, the trade-off is that you're, you're fighting the sun, right? And you want consistent shots and you want the whole thing to feel cohesive. But a lot of times, you know, even the... Even the, the shortest music videos, or that I would say the, the least production-heavy music videos I've shot, usually take upwards of six hours uh, to shoot. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, by the time we've set up and everything, and in six hours, the sun can change drastically. <laughs> you yeah. know, and you, and especially if you're doing one location, or even if you're doing several, um, usually you're not going to be able to maintain a consistent look over that period of time. And, uh, a lot, as many videographers or directors would be able to tell you too, that, uh, the, the high noon sun, the sun during the middle of the day is so harsh that you usually can't shoot it unless you're looking for that sort of look. But a lot of times it's, it's too difficult. It's too, um, too bright, too harsh. The shadows are too intense. Um, so a lot of times you really have to schedule usually around, uh, what people refer to as the magic hour. So it's either early in the morning or late in the afternoon, early in the evening. Um, and in those cases, uh, and I think that's what we did on the one that you were involved with for, uh, for Juan, uh, we were yeah. shooting in the morning and in the evening. And usually in those cases, as, as you probably saw, we had, I think close to two hours of workable time before the sun got too intense, especially if yeah. video like that, where we were shooting near the beach. So there's no shade, no, no, uh, no tree coverage or anything. Once mm-hmm. that sun gets high up in the, in the sky and harsh, you really kind of have to stop shooting. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: It's like we did. Yeah. We did that shot of Juan dancing on my dad's car underneath the bridge, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, like late at night or like not at night, but toward sunset kind of golden hour. Mm-hmm. And then we can't, what do we come at like six in the morning the next morning? Yeah. yeah. That's like of, of Mary, like of the traffic light.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That. It was, and it was, and we, I had to coordinate that around where the sun would be. Um, so we knew for, for those shots at the river, I knew I was going to be shooting across the river, like towards the river. I wanted that bridge and everything in the background. We had come, we, we looked, staked out the bridge about a week before that and looked at it. And I loved the architecture and the angles. And we kind of come up with a sort of look for those scenes, but I knew that I wanted to be shooting in that direction, which was, uh, facing, uh, facing west. Um, because the the bridge just had the best look in that direction, all the arches lined up in a very specific way. And so, for those, uh, I I knew I wanted the sun to be uh, behind Juan to give him kind of a halo. It's usually what you want in music videos is to backlight your subject. It usually gives you the best the best look. So I knew that those had to be shot in the evening. And so we we had that window of about two hours that we could work with that evening before it got too dark. And then. Conversely, for those other shots, I knew that we wanted to drive your car uh, down A one A, you know, with the ocean in the background. And in those, I wanted to have that sunrise. I wanted to have Mary s- staring into that sunrise over the ocean, and I wanted to have that sunrise in the background as the car is driving by, as you're looking out across the ocean. So mm-hmm. we had to do that in the morning. It wouldn't look the same if we'd done it in the
0: evening. All uh,
1: right. So so those are things, even just. And that was an entirely outdoor shoot. We—I I don't think we lit anything. I don't think I even brought lights into that shoot at all. I don't think so. Uh, no. And so, but that was all. You know, what you—the time you gain in not having to light stuff, you—you you lose in the sense that you're just chasing the sun the whole time. And uh, and that was, you know, that shoot. I think it was it was one of the shorter shoots that I've done. If you put together, like, if you just take into account when we were rolling camera. I think it was only about a six hour shoot, but that six hours was, you know, we had about two and a half, one evening, two and a half, one morning, and we did some pickup shots another morning. Um, so, you know, that was that it was just, it felt like it took a lot longer because we had to space it out over the course of three days.
0: Right now that, that reminds me, by the way, that video, I have a little bone to pick on that one you might know what i'm talking about uh-huh uh-huh it's it's um for reference by the way for everyone who's listening this this is the music video for a song called patrick swayze on Lock by our friend juan who was actually a guest on the last episode with bloom because he's in that band and um i had one condition for letting <laughs> you use my dad's car in the music video and that was i wanted a credit as stunt driver because I was driving in some of these shots, and you didn't do you were.
1: it. You were. It was I, worth, I was going twenty five
0: miles an right. hour.
1: Well, in my defense, um, the uh, the where the w- the video being posted itself was actually posted by Juan, uh, so you know I could deflect a little bit on him for not listing it in there. Uh, but you're 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 correct. I should have put that in the credits, and I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> and you did a great job too. You were you were driving all the scenes that you see where someone's driving. That car at any kind of speed is uh, is usually Chris. And we just yeah. had Mary driving, I believe, for the shots where I was in the back seat. And we had to show her in the front seat. And she was going mm-hmm. very, very slow, actually. Um, yeah. Because we were trying to oh, – it was like a very short stretch of road that we were trying to get her around before the light would change and she'd go around mm-hmm. a corner. And so she was just taking it super slow. And then I think I even put the, the footage in slow motion too. So um, it was even slower than that but it worked i think for the for the pacing of the song and then i think were you driving the car when Juan was on top of it when we did the drone shot yep 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 yeah that, that was that was one of the most interesting shots i'd done at that time <laughs> uh trying to match that up and we had uh we had my friend James who's a great drone pilot he was he was flying the drone and he had to keep up moving forward in a straight line the wind was whipping that morning if i remember correctly and uh and he had to keep that drone in a straight line with the car as you drove slowly we had to catch that one little bit of juan's lyric uh in the perfect like moment there and he was also moving up at the same time uh uh, moving the drone up as he was following the car and the final footage he did a fantastic job but it was you can see the the drone moving all over the place. And I actually went back in post and uh, I had to kind of track Juan's face in the footage uh, and zoom in mm-hmm. on it a little bit. And then just sort of, I, I, I had to stabilize the footage myself in post so that it looks like you're just locked in with Juan. Because in reality, the drone was really moving quite a bit.
0: Right. And that, that shot actually, I wasn't, I was, I was in the driver's seat and I was controlling it, but it was in neutral and that was one where we had, I think we bought yes. Dylan Cara out from Flow Wave and that's yes. episode eight, shameless plug.
1: Um, <laughs> we had Dylan out. Was that you pushing it? It was me oh. and Dylan were pushing. I, now that you say that. Yes, because we tried it with you driving and the car was even in just the, the lowest speed possible was going too fast. And I think it was a little too, because you were kind of trying to ride the brake and it was just a little too jerky and we just mm-hmm. couldn't get it to go as slow as we wanted to. So we threw it in neutral and it was, it was Dylan and I back there pushing and then James was operating the drone. And I think we did it, uh, four times, five times maybe before we finally got a good take out of it. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a wild shot. And then there were several more times before that, when we were trying to just have you drive that just weren't working at all. But, um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was an interesting shot. I still haven't done anything like that since then. And, um, you know, and there might be some people that would say uh, there's probably other tools we could have used that would have made that a little easier. You know, maybe we could have put some kind of if we had all the money in the world, we probably could have rigged something up to the car. Um, but mm-hmm. we we, uh, I, I've gotten very good at working on a budget. <laughs> and yeah. I, I'm proud of what we were able to accomplish just on that video in general, because really we were. uh we were just running with such a minimal camera setup and such a minimal just overall crew and everything. It. And I think it really turned out really well.
0: Oh yeah, it d- definitely did that. And my, my one only other minor complaint is that I was in the background <laughs> of one scene and mm-hmm. I got caught. Yeah, I in this thing. ah, I have one. Little, <laughs> I just walked behind them, like on the pier.
1: Yeah, I think we were uh we were worried that it was um that it was too distracting really trying to isolate Mary in those moments uh that it was something something very specific she was going through when she was remembering uh this sort of Patrick Swayze uh one <laughs> ghost character and uh and and we uh we were a little worried that maybe having someone else in there in those moments was a little distracting um because we hadn't shown anyone else I believe in the video prior to that we there were had been a few other people who walked in and out of shots, but we were trying to cut those things. Well, thank you for calling me distracting.
0: I'm taking that as a compliment.
1: <laughs> you stole the show was really not the truth one, of it.
0: That one scene where I would have just taken way too much of the focus away. Everyone so, would have
1: wondered who is that dashing man in the background. I must know more about him. It's
0: it's 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 a blessing and a curse looking the way I do.
1: <laughs> it's just
0: uh It'll just ruin the shot sometimes, but um, I'm sure
1: we're going to be able to feature you in something as uh, soon. Hopefully we can make up for that.
0: I am so down. I'm ready for an acting credit. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to do it. I feel like this year is the year. I think it's going to happen. Yes. Just, Oh, hit me up. I'll any, any role you need. I'm down. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was a great memory, but then this year, obviously I'm sure things got a little harder for you for obvious reasons like the pandemic and whatnot. So what, what do
1: you mean? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, what's that, what's that all about? Was there but, something strange uh, about 2020? No, it seemed pretty, pretty normal. Did I say this year, by the way, I meant last year. Mm-hmm. I'm still in 2020. Oh, I, I think, well, I'm pretty sure any, anybody would know what you meant.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so with that, what, what has it been like trying to run this company where a lot of it is going to places which is now inadvisable how mm-hmm. like how have you been able to just kind of roll with the punches throughout the pandemic have you made how to make any big adjustments mm-hmm. so yeah what's been going on with that
1: yeah it's it has been tough um, and i think anybody in this field will will say the same um, especially cuz I, I really feel like early 2020 before this all hit you know was, things were really um, a lot of people were like trying to hit the ground running, you know, 2020 just felt like this year that was like, okay, this, you know, we're the, we're in another decade now, you know, it's really time to, to move things up a notch. And I know a lot of musicians and a lot of artists and a lot of other, uh, a lot of cinematographers and directors that I know of, were all trying to raise the stakes that year. And then it was like, boom, we just got, uh, smacked down and told that we had to Essentially, hunker down and stay in place, and that it wasn't safe to do any of the work that we've been uh, planning on for months. Um, and you know, it was for the best because it was such a dangerous time, and honestly, it still is in a lot of ways. And so, I think everyone's had to adapt their their methods. Um, for me, uh, it re- it really was. There were a couple months where I really wasn't doing a whole lot of anything, but fortunately, I think at the time it was like the day. I believe the day after we finished shooting, No Good, which is a music video I did for uh, for Bad or for uh, not for Bad Girl for Flow Wave uh, last year, and um, and it was we finished shooting that video. I believe it was on the sixteenth, and I think it was on March seventeenth was the day that everyone uh, was instructed to close down bars and, and restaurants, and that we went kind of into lockdown. It was like the day after. And so we were kind of going, wow, well, we got that in.
0: <laughs> yeah. And,
1: uh, and yeah, right after that, um, it it was like I, I really couldn't do it. And no one could do anything for a couple months. But fortunately, we had just finished shooting that. So I really got to focus a little longer on editing that than I normally would have. And uh, so the first few months, I was really just working on that. And I think that led us to adding some things to that video, which I've really never done before. Um, Some of the animated elements that are in that probably wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been on that lockdown and I hadn't had a little more free time on my hands. So that was an interesting thing that came out of that. Um, Since then, though, you know, when we finally decided several months later, kind of like late, mid to late summer that we start trying to work on things again um a lot of a lot more effort really had to be put into you know every time someone approaches you about a project thinking about well how many people do we really need for this uh how can we maybe uh do this in somewhere that's at least kind of open air or where we can be spaced out or how can you know i approach this with a few people and make it look like a lot of people and shoot it creatively, like on a long lens, maybe, so that uh, I don't have to be up in a crowd, uh, that sort of thing. And so that's led to some in- interesting conversations and honestly, some interesting outcomes. I think for some of the videos I've done since then. Um, and a lot of times, uh, what you're, what you think you're seeing on the screen is, is not really exactly what we were shooting. Um, a good example of this is the most recent video that I did um, for a band. Uh, out of amarillo texas called moon fever and i just finished a video for them uh called cocaine uh for their their new single that they just dropped and in that video it looks like maybe the least pandemic friendly thing you could possibly imagine (laughs) you know it's it it looks the end of that video kind of ends in this giant crescendo where they're uh, just seemingly in this in this kind of crazy lit up strip club that seemed where they are like surrounded by people and there's just people dancing everywhere and money flying in the air and just mayhem. Um, but how we actually shot it, we really I, I don't think we ever had more than maybe uh, you know six to eight people on set at any time. And I just creatively kind of I if you actually watch the video, I only shot two members of the band at a time i shot the drummer separately and i shot uh then one of the guitar players and the bass player and then another guitar player and the singer and uh we kind of moved them to very separate points around the club that we were in and we shot it uh after hours so no one was really there and they had brought in some friends uh of theirs that they knew had uh, tested negative and everyone was good and we sort of had I just sort of moved people around in front of the camera and shot through their shoulders and arms and had them wave around like crazy. And I put myself on kind of a longer lens. So I didn't even really have to be up in the crowd as much as, as normal. And, um, and we really did that entire scene, like I said, I think six to eight people and just a lot of smoke and haze and crazy lighting and, and throwing things in the air to make it look like there were way more people. And it also helped that there was Uh, kind of a mirror on the back end of the club too. So I think some of the people, some of the heads that were in front of me were reflected back in the mirror. (laughs) So it looked like there were even more people, which was just really luck more than anything else. Um, But just for kind of framing it creatively, I I was able to make it look like there were a lot more people there. And then every other part of the video was really just them walking into what was supposed to be kind of a deserted bar. And there were just several patrons kind of spaced out. And so usually I could just shoot like two, three people at a time um and then the band themselves a couple times so you you start to think about stuff more like that because for one you just want to be safe and two you know people you people don't want to be put in a situation where they they feel like you know overcrowded and where it's like a danger too so you start thinking about those sort of things um and and i think a lot of the videos that i've done have have been since the pandemic started have been more like that have been whether it was uh, had to be completely planned out that way, or whether it was just because we just didn't have that many people to work with. Um, uh, you know, you had to kind of rethink how you're going to shoot it.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, it, I'm sure you had to get really creative to even come up with those little uh, just just ways to do it safely. And um, you know, that's what the pandemic's done for a lot of people is how to just force people to get creative in. You know, whether it's creating content like that, whether it's marketing it, because now there's so many, you know, that whole world has changed. Mm -hmm. And, um, God, it's, it's, it's just insane how much harder everything's gotten in so many different ways for people in all these different industries. Um, have you done a whole lot
1: of videos since it started? Have you just done the one? Uh, I've done a few, um, that there was that one. And then another one I did while I was out in Amarillo as well. Um, which was uh just kind of a kind of a performance video for another mm-hmm. van, song from the band Moon Fever and that was for Undertaker and in that one it was really just us the band and a couple people that we had to kind of help out with makeup and a stylist and stuff and we were just in an old abandoned building um so so you like I was saying earlier you kind of start to lean into productions like that just going well what can we do with but basically just the band and a few other people um if if we can have that and then I've, I've been working on some short films around Jacksonville recently too, not as bad cloud media, but just as a, as a freelancer and f- for, for those as well, that's a huge consideration uh, as it should be. Um, and especially if you, if you're following, uh, SAG guidelines, um, you, you really have to have a COVID plan in place, um, which is good. I think it's made a lot of the productions up here in Jacksonville a lot safer, and uh, usually, that that means kind of if you're in a small enclosed space, no more than six people in a room at a time. When you're not shooting, uh, actors they should be wearing masks. Your production crew has to be wearing masks at all times. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's usually hand sanitizer at the ready. You you kind of have to think about the way you do catering and food differently. Um, there's just a, a whole a whole slew of things um, that people have enacted to make sure that they can really start start making art again because there was such you know this period of what close to six months i think where nobody could do anything and uh, right and if you're if if this is your livelihood uh and you want that to continue you have to figure out some way to keep working you know as and you know restaurants have opened back up and a lot of other things have opened back up um so and and tried to figure out ways to keep people safe so um you know production has had to kind of i think make the same transition and try to figure out, well, how can we keep working and how can we keep making content, but uh, also give people a sense of safety. Um, and so I, I've seen a lot of people really um, working hard to make that happen up here. And it's, it's actually, uh, it, it's, it's helped me kind of figure out what I need to do as well. Um, and then also, I think I've really tried to lean more into projects that are a little more heavy on the post-production end. So projects where I only film a little bit of, of a performance or someone, you know, uh, just either solo or a few people, and then Mm -hmm. I can add elements, you know, more in, in post that will, uh, that will enhance the video. And then I can kind of work more from, from isolated areas and from home and everything. And, um, so we've got, I can't say too much about it, but the next project that, um, Uh, that bad cloud has coming out is uh, another one for Juan actually for his, his solo project. That's uh, Juan H U A N. And uh, it's a, it's a song he'll be dropping in February and it's probably been the longest production. uh, One of the most, uh, one of the most intense productions that I think bad cloud media and that I've ever worked on uh, because the majority of the video is animated. So, Mm -hmm. So that will be, and that was me and, and uh, three other animators working on that for the past few months. And we had just shot uh, just, I think about six or seven shots of Juan himself um, in, in kind of like this isolated apartment. It was actually in uh, the apartment I'm living in now before we moved in. So there was no furniture or anything. Huh. Wow. And uh, we just, the timing happened to work out we were moving around that time. And so we got him in for a couple hours one day and I shot a few shots of him that I knew I would be blending animation into the background. And then, um, and then we had a few more shots to rotoscope, which is basically when you, when you take and you trace someone's outline and uh, you either use it as, to, to mask some animation over or use it as a reference. But um, in these cases, we were using his movement as a reference for the animation that we were going to be putting in after. So um, so that, w- that was really interesting. And I'd never really done much of that before. So it was a real learning experience um, for, wow. for myself and everyone involved in this video. But it was also something that we could do in this was kind of in the middle of the summer in the midst of the pandemic. And it was something we could do to keep working without really having to get anyone else involved or, or, really, uh, you know, trying to do some kind of big production when it wasn't really safe to get a bunch of people in a closed space together. Um, right? so, so that was that, I think that video, this video that, that people will see in about a month or so, um, was really born out of that, uh, that kind of consideration more than anything else. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think it really became really interesting and really uh, great for it. Actually, it, you know, so sometimes that that adversity can push you to to take chances and work on some things that maybe you wouldn't have approached before, uh, or maybe try to think about things differently than you otherwise would have.
0: Huh? Yeah, I am definitely psyched to see the video. Should be, I guess, a little over a month now. I did talk to Juan a little bit about it. Um, and speaking of Juan, by the way, um, they him and his band Bloom just released the music video for their new song "Sirens." Yes. which we talked a bit about in the last episode mm-hmm. and that the video for that was actually shot by our friend, Steven Helfrich, who's yes. The, yes. the photographer here at ask Flagler. And when I was watching the video, I thought it was you He <laughs> did such an amazing job for his first time doing something like that. I'm mm-hmm. like, the whole time I had it in my head that this was a bad cloud video. And mm-hmm. when I said it was shot by Steven, I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. Steven's Steven's it.
1: great. He's, he's really good. Um, he been, uh, he's been kind of working, uh, you know, with a lot of the same people and honestly on a lot of the same shoots, uh, with me for the past couple of years. Uh, I mean, he was, he was, uh, there for when we did shift for Flowwave, wave. Right. Uh, and yeah. for when we did, um, when we did, um, breathe easy, he was there for both of those videos. Uh, and he was doing yeah. kind of behind the scenes photography, which was amazing, but, uh, he was also a huge help. Uh, on set and and uh he definitely knows his stuff so it doesn't no it doesn't surprise me at all that it looks great because he's he's excellent at what he does
0: oh yeah steven is the man and i say it all the time i cannot believe how lucky we are as a website to have him with us He's just consummate
1: absolutely yeah he's, he's is he working with you guys uh with ask flagler uh uh now
0: yeah 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 if you look over some of our articles all the really good shots were taken Mm -hmm. by steven and we always stick his name under them
1: you know Mm when he does it. that's perfect uh, yeah he's great
0: and you can you can see as a juxtaposition when if he's not available for something and i go and take it like with my phone it's terrible Mm -hmm. so you can like see in real time how valuable it is when you do have him and his eye for for framing and and um capturing these moments and he is just i mean to me the biggest asset we have is a website he is amazing
1: yeah he's no he's great um i i don't have enough good things to say about that guy and uh he's actually he's helped me out on more than one occasion for stuff for that cloud media as well so oh, um, and, on, and on different videos that we've done and everything so yeah it's he's he is an asset for sure you guys are lucky to have him
0: perhaps i completely agree and speaking of um fun projects what are some of your favorite videos that you've shot with bad cloud mm. like what what are a couple like power two or
1: three yeah it's it's hard there's so many and i i really feel so lucky especially even in the past year with with what everything that's going on to still have been work been able to work on so many amazing projects so it it's uh it there's there's so many it's hard to say sometimes but uh some that stick out to me, uh, no good from last year was mm. such a fun production, and I, oh, yeah. I feel very proud of the way that turned out. And it, it feels different; it feels a little livelier, even than than some of the other stuff that that we've done that we uh, that Flowwave and, and and I have worked on in the past. Um, and like I said earlier, just getting the chance to kind of weave in just that little bit of animation in there, and uh, right. and and everything was it was just a really 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 fun video to work on and i I love the way it turned out um and and that shoot was really fun too because we kind of you know i mentioned earlier that a lot of music videos you plan out everything from the beginning and especially if you have some element of story involved um and you you Mm -hmm. know if you have actors or something like that then usually you want them to plan out every shot because you're trying to make the most of your time but sometimes you also just get to kind of get together with people and just be creative and have fun and just let whatever happens happen and that was one of those videos. We really didn't come into it with too much of a, a preconceived idea of what it was going to be. I think the most that we did was we we did some location scouting. And I found uh that area where we shot that up here in Jacksonville. It's a Phoenix Art District in uh Springfield up here and it's it's just this group of old um warehouses that have a lot of wall art and they it I think they've been People have been tagging them for years, right? And like adding graffiti and stuff. But, um, but there's also now several artists who have come in and done these beautiful murals on the inside of them too. And it's just whole self-contained areas, just several rows of, of, um, of warehouses and not many people are usually there. So it was perfect because we felt like we had so much there that we could just kind of move around and shoot in front of to get different types of shots throughout the day that we didn't have to go anywhere else. We could just kind of camp out there just move ourselves a little bit to different areas and just get everything we needed right there. But I think aside from, you know, just finding that location and I sent them a few ideas that I found for kind of uh, for style, for like what, you know, the kind of colors we were going for and what people should be wearing and that sort of thing. We had we sort of wanted this like kind of almost post-apocalyptic sort of like, like neo punk kind of, kind of uh, style for that video. So Mm -hmm we uh we went with that and other than that though we really kind of just showed up everybody that was involved and it was them and and uh they got uh three members of of um of love culture also to show up and you had Juan there who's part of the song as well and uh and it was really just all of us there and and they had everybody had several different outfits and we had some props and some fun stuff that we had brought and really we just kind of riffed um we just started rolling it in the afternoon and rolled into the evening, used the different lighting setups and used whatever we had to kind of create, you know, just just some fun shots. And, and really, it was a lot of fun because with those guys, um, they're really open to that, just to getting together and kind of trying things out and saying, well, what if we put this guy here? What if we had him wear these mirror shades in front of this mirror wall? last a strobe into it you know yeah that's it you know, yeah you know set that up and just roll with it and then well no that's pretty cool but what if we kind of change the timing of this a little bit and have another person doing this and, and uh it it really turned out to just be this sort of fun interesting thing that just evolved it like it kind of created itself you know and uh and that can be really fun so i i felt like that video was was definitely one of the most fun of this year and one of the most fun i've ever done and um and similarly, the one the video that, that you and I had mentioned too, there was more planning that went into that. But I think a lot of that video, just because of locations we found, uh, I'm talking about Patrick Swayze, um, just because of locations we had found and kind of just ideas that kind of came up on set, um, it just turned out really looking so cool and so different, I think, from what I had originally even kind of had in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the most rewarding thing sometimes is... A lot of times you try really hard and we were talking about this earlier to, to plan everything out ahead of time and to do all this work. And you usually have to, and it's, it's, it's very important because you really usually will find yourself kind of in a, in a, in a pickle if you don't, but sometimes on these sort of things, especially creative projects, it really just sort of will turn, you know, because, because you're a lot of times you're working with different kind of, uh, difficulties, you know, maybe the sun's not doing what you wanted it to do. Maybe the studio you, you got into, doesn't look the way you thought it was going to look. Um, maybe people that said they were going to be on set couldn't show up or the clothes look different or something, you know, a lot of times we're kind of throwing this stuff together to the best of our ability without maybe, maybe say like a professional budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you have to kind of, you, you make, creative choices and kind of roll with the punches. And, um, and a lot of times you'll end up with a a project, a a product in the end that may look completely different from what you originally had envisioned, but a lot of times it's better, you know, it's surprising and it kind of keeps you, it, it keeps you interested sometimes when, when, um, things just, just seem to sort of kind of birth themselves, you know?
0: Right. Hmm, yeah, and, um, and another one that I definitely feel compelled to bring up because it's one of my favorites was um, the video for Neon by Alex Paramus.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Number
0: one, it's just the coolest song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Alex is just the coolest guy. And that uh, video totally captured his, like,
1: swagger. <laughs> yeah, Alex is such – he's such an amazing uh, performer and such an incredible personality and mm-hmm. and he's a fantastic artist in his own right too so he has a very clear vision of what he wants and how he wants to present himself and yeah. um it's really fun working with him because he's very involved and he's very involved in not just the filming process but the editing process and and that one we him and i um had sat down and we really we worked really hard on that edit because there were elements of that that it had actually been of that video that had been floating around, kind of in his archive for a while, I didn't shoot all of that. He had had um, a lot of this, this elements, kind of at Sarbez and in the car. He had shot, I believe, um, his his cousin uh, or a couple people had shot those those shots, and he already had them. And it was it was like hours and hours and hours of footage, and I they were trying to kind of figure out a way to put it together. And when him and I got together and he approached me about it, we sat down and we just really started going through footage and trying to kind of come up with like a uh, a story that made sense and going, well, this this kind of makes sense with the story, this not so much, you know? And, and, and coming up with a look and a feel, we kind of put together a lookbook and kind of chose some colors and started to kind of really think about what this thing could become and at a certain point we decided we wanted to add in some stuff of him performing cuz i felt like that was such a huge aspect of his his presence you know like his, oh, yeah. if, you, if you ever see him play live even when he's solo he just has such a presence and such a he's such a force and when he has a band even more so and i really wanted to capture that in that video so i felt like we needed to add some shots of of him as this sort of rock star persona that he has, especially on, on every song on that album, on that EP. And Mm -hmm. uh, so we filmed that stuff and then, and then him and I worked on that edit for, for quite a while afterwards just to get it perfect. And that was one of the first um, music videos of that style that I had taken on at that time. That was early. I mean, that was in 2017, I believe when we were working on that. Um, Yeah. so. So it, it uh or maybe in two thousand and eighteen that we were working on that, but it was still it was pretty early in um in in me kind of going into this this line of work so that I learned so much on that project and and I feel like him and I really uh, had a lot of fun putting that together and it's still one of my favorites it's still i think that video is the one I get approached the most about when people really? mention my work yeah, I think there's a lot of people that still point to that one um and, and ask about that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, it was a high point for me for sure. And then I'll also, I also want to throw into from this past year, um, primetime Nino's, uh, yellow couch, which we also yes. filmed this past year. And that one also, it has that when you look at it in a certain light, it has that mark of a pandemic video
0: <laughs> because yeah. there's
1: like three people in it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um but there, but it's it's all we needed and we we went into it knowing that. This was again, you know, like I think it was like late that summer when things were starting to open open back up and him and I started talking remotely uh about it and and then we we finally met and kind of really ironed it out. And and we knew from the get-go that it the song could work with just um just letting the like the dancers kind of tell the story. And so you know, we, we came up with this idea of just having two dancers. We knew Yovana would be fantastic because we've worked with her before. Ivana was on yeah. uh shift and she was on no good. And she choreographed, um, uh, moves for both of those and also did a lot of improv too. But for this one, what I think what was so different and unique and amazing about Yellow Couch was that, uh, we knew it was going to be primarily a dance video more so than the other ones had been. We kind of really peppered the dance throughout the other videos, but we knew that this one, that was the focus. That was the thing that was going to, that was really going to sell the emotion of the song. And so uh, she choreographed that entire dance. Um, and we, we told her that we, you know, it would need to be consistent and it would, it would be basically the center of attention in the video. And she really, um, she, just blew away even our highest expectations and did an amazing job. And it was her and T who's another dancer that she brought in from Orlando, um, who, who did it. And they, I, I'm pretty sure that they were uh, rehearsing it for several weeks beforehand because they just came and nailed it on set. We had to do that several times to the way that that video was shot. They, they ran through that dance, a uh, countless number of times in a few different locations. Um, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, that one's just so unique I love, I love the colors and the vibe and just everything, you know, that, that song is, is very different from anything i would worked on before. And I felt like really, I, I kind of relied on, on, on primetime on JC and his, his, uh, his intuition and how, how well he knows Latin music and knows that groove and this vibe and this, the sensuality that he was going for in the song. And then also Yavanna's intuition in terms of taking that and converting it into this dance that felt just so entangled with the lyrics and the music. And really it was, it was them that, you know, kind of really pushed that video in the direction that it went. I felt like I kind of just sort of would have to observe them and lean on what they were doing and try to, you know, have them lead the way for me and, and and tell me how this story needed to be, to be shown.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the final product was like, say it was fantastic. And even though there were only three people in it, um, I'm not familiar with the um, the male dancer in the video, but mm-hmm. Nina,
1: she's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All, I mean, pretty much all three of them carry the stage presence of like five different people.
1: Mm-hmm. Just
0: themselves. So it, it did not suffer from the lack of, you know, people in the video for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: But I, uh, I think, you know, it just like what we were talking about before, I think all of those videos maybe uh, were enhanced, if anything uh, by the limitations, you know, sometimes it just, sometimes maybe all you need is three people. And, and with those particular three people, exactly. Like you said, they, they brought so much intensity that that was all you needed. Anything else would have been extraneous. Oh, absolutely.
0: Totally agree. And, um, so as we kind of wind toward uh, the conclusion of the episode, one thing I definitely want to bring up is how can people support, you know, maybe creative business owners like you and content makers during the pandemic want to give you an opportunity to, you know, get it out there. How, you know, how can people help right now when things are still kind of difficult?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think first and foremost, because I do uh, primarily work in this sort of, uh, musical arena, you know, I work with a lot of artists and musicians. I think one of the best ways that you can help is by supporting your artists and supporting musicians right now, because, uh, you know, the reason I have work is when they have work and when they have content to put out and people are, are viewing or listening to that content, then it helps me. Um, so support your artists, support your local artists, especially. Um, sure. You know, I I know, I'm sure that um, international musicians and performers are also f- are getting hit hard at this time. I'm sure they are, but it's really your local musicians that are really feeling it more than anything else. They're the ones who couldn't do anything and have very little platform to get themselves out there. Um, you know, it's so many of these bands that I've worked with and that I love... You know, their, their primary way of, of promoting themselves was shows before all of this, you know, that was, that was how you get yourself out there as a band. And that's pretty much been taken away at this point. And, you know, they're trying to bring it back, but it's been, it's been a really slow process and it's mm-hmm. been tough. So uh, whatever you can do to support your local artists, um, whether it be, uh, just buying their music online, um, uh, band camp. Uh, especially, or if you can just buy it directly from them is better than listening on Spotify. Usually the Spotify plays help, you know, for sure. But I I know that they don't get much money out of that. So anything you can do to support your local artists directly. Um, And, you know, if if there's, if there's a Patreon event, if there's a live stream, which we're looking more into maybe doing some live streams uh, soon with some local bands uh, to try to promote them and to try to get them some money in their pockets. So that's, That's a big thing. Um, And I don't think I can, I don't think I can emphasize that enough. Um, And then, you know, for, for me, in terms of content, I am looking into trying to bring in some original content for 2021, 2021, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) hopefully it's not the sequel to 2020 though. Everyone's talking like it might be. Uh, But (laughs) it's, uh, you know, this year I am trying to put out some original content. So uh, keep an eye out for that. In the next few months and i'm sure that as any uh, you know for any of us creatives out there uh if if you can just support original content um that's that's the most that we could ask for um so so yeah i think that that's the best thing people can do this time and really look towards your local creatives um because they're the ones suffering the most
0: well as a local artist myself i could not agree more And, um, yeah, with that, um, Jason, thank you so much for coming on this, you know, I can already tell recording it is shaping up to be a great episode and, um, yeah, for our listeners, Jason Blankenship, bad cloud media, um, check them out online, badcloudmedia.com. Are you just at bad cloud media on social?
1: Yes. At bad cloud media, uh, which is Facebook, Instagram, uh, and then www.badcloudmedia.com. Boom. There
0: you go. Go check them out on social media. Check out the video of our friend Juan dancing on my dad's car. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> yes. And, um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on by the way. Um, check us out on Patreon. Uh, I can't remember if Joey records that message and adds it on to this episode usually, but I'm saying it this time, check us out on Patreon talk Lag, where we have a Patreon account there. That's one mm-hmm. way to support a local, um, you know, little media. Absolutely. Podcast, whatever you'd call us. Mm-hmm. Um, are on there
1: are you on patreon no but uh no i'm not yet and i wouldn't feel comfortable doing that until i have some original content but like i said uh keep an eye out for that because that is in the works and i'm sure we'll be we'll be funding it through either patreon or something similar um so we're, we're looking into that right now but absolutely go go support talk flagler
0: Yes. I agree. Very much do that. And then when Jason hops on there, support him too. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. This has been Talk Flagler. You're uh, looking to local personalities, businesses, and everything West of the Beach Waves. I'm Chris Gollin. That's Jason Blankenship. And um, stay safe.